I'm Jamelyn Steffen, and this is Want to Want It, episode number 59, Good Emotions That Feel Bad. Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast today. Today, we're going to talk about good emotions that feel bad. So when I talk about positive and negative emotions, that can mean a couple of things, okay? So a negative emotion can be an emotion that feels bad in my body Or it can be an emotion that doesn't necessarily feel bad, but is bad for me. So for example, we all know that anxiety is often called a negative emotion because it feels bad in your body. But feeling superior to others, that feeling of superiority can feel good in the moment, but it's not good for me and it's not good for my relationships. So it's just good to understand that sometimes some emotions, I will call them negative because they give me a negative outcome in my life, not necessarily because they feel bad. Now, a positive emotion can be an emotion that feels good in my body, or it can be an emotion that doesn't necessarily feel good, but is good for me. So when I'm happy, that feels good in my body. Okay, but what about the emotions that actually don't feel good but are good for me. That's what I want to focus on today. Good emotions that feel bad. Now, I'm only going to talk about three today of these emotions, but if you can think of others to add to this list, I want you to DM me on Instagram at Coaching and tell me about your good emotion that feels bad or an emotion that doesn't feel good, but does good for your life, okay? Because these were the ones that really stood out to me and off the top of my head. So the first emotion that I want to talk about is courage, or you could use the word bravery, okay? So we're going to talk about courage, and courage is defined as the ability to do something that frightens you, or the ability to control your fear in a dangerous or difficult situation. Another definition is courage is the choice and willingness to confront agony, pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. Valor is courage or bravery in battle. Courage is also the mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Now, until really the last five years, I actually had never considered that courage felt bad because I always thought that courage was feeling good doing a scary thing. That was my definition of courage. Like You could look at a scary scenario, say skydiving, and see that it was a scary thing to do, but you don't feel afraid of it. You have courage, and so you feel good doing something that should be scary, but isn't because you're brave. Does that make sense? That was my idea of courage. But one day I had this belief blown out of the water when I suggested to my coach that I just wanted to have courage for once in my life, that I was sick of feeling afraid all the time and afraid of doing something new. So my coach asked me what I thought courage felt like, and I told her, like, I think courage is feeling good when you're doing something that should be scary or was scary to somebody else. It was then that my coach pointed out to me that courage actually doesn't feel good because what courage does is it allows you to still feel the fear, but to act anyways. 
to act while you're feeling afraid. That is courage. It's the feeling that pushes us straight into the fear to act in a way that gets us what we really want. I had never considered that courage is an emotion that feels bad, but is good for me. So put yourself in the following scenarios again, because I know that for sure, each of you has probably had at least one of these situations in your life. And I just want you to try and remember what it felt like to be there and remember what courage feels like. Okay. So maybe it was standing up for someone who was being bullied. Maybe for you, it was telling the truth after you had lied or going back to school to learn something new as an older adult talking to your kids about sex, putting your artwork into the world, going to church wearing the Mother's Day hat your child made you in preschool, maybe jumping off a cliff into the water, or the ALS ice bucket challenge, battling a deadly disease or diagnosis, accepting bad news or a bad outcome, asking someone to tell you something about yourself that may be hard to hear, that takes courage. Maybe you've had the experience of refraining from gossiping with your friends when they're all kind of looking at you like, don't you have something to say? Or saying to those friends, I don't gossip. Going to church or a movie or out to dinner all by yourself. I have a friend recently who was going on a vacation by herself. I thought that was very courageous. Admitting that you have a different opinion than someone else. Telling someone you were wrong after insisting you were right. Or sometimes just apologizing. All of these things I've listed take courage. They take a willingness to feel the fear, to feel bad and still act. And you want to act because you want the outcome. You want that person who was bullied to know they have a friend. You want that peace, that clear conscience that comes from admitting that you lied and now you want to tell the truth. You want to share your talents with others. You want to have the good relationships that come from loyalty and that come from being willing to say, I'm so sorry. So I have a challenge for those of you out there who feel like you aren't very courageous. Actually, first I want to say, don't diminish your courage because it doesn't look as big or meaningful as someone else's. I think about my little kids and when they were little, I mean, I have actually the pickiest eaters, but for them, eating a new vegetable was actually terrifying. And I mean, I know adults who are like this and it took them courage to eat those vegetables. So every time we use courage, we get better at feeling it and allowing it to fuel us to do really brave things again. So if Getting up in church to bear your testimony feels like a silly thing to pat yourself on the back for because your friend just had to move her whole family to a second world nation for her husband's work. I want you to stop comparing. Courage is courage. And we will all have things we can look back on and say, that was maybe a small thing, but it felt so big at the time and I did it. And those memories will help us to choose courage again and to choose courage for the bigger things that come our way. Okay, so back to this challenge I want to give you. If you feel like you aren't courageous, I challenge you to do a dare of the day for five days. Pick one thing every day that feels scary and muster the courage to do it. Feel the fear and act anyway. It can be as simple as texting a thank you to someone you hardly know, 
to wearing a dress you feel like maybe isn't your normal style to having that conversation you've been avoiding. If it feels scary to do, it will work for the challenge. And if you do this five times, you will have five scenarios to look back on when you need to muster courage in the future. Okay, emotion number two, patience. I want you to hear me out on this one, okay? I've always been confused about patience as well, just like I was confused about courage because I thought that patience was when I felt good and calm when the circumstances dictated that I should feel angry or frustrated. So for example, if I catch my two-year-old coloring on my walls and I stop her, but I kind of laugh about it and take a picture of her with her new masterpiece, I'm a patient mom. And as I show my friends the picture and explain how it actually came off the walls pretty easily, and isn't she so funny? And they all just say to me, you're so patient. But that's not true. That little girl just happened to catch me on a good day. I was in a good mood for whatever reason. I wasn't stressed about other messes. I was feeling a lot of love, like whatever it was, I just didn't feel triggered or upset at all. That's not being patient because I wasn't upset or angry or frustrated. Here are a few ways that the word patience is defined. The capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. The ability to wait or to continue doing something despite difficulties or to suffer without complaining or becoming annoyed. But one of my most favorite definitions of patience is the one I learned as a teenager. Patience is the ability to put up with people you want to put down. So what real patience is, is feeling that annoyance, that frustration, even maybe physical pain, and tolerating it without complaining or lashing out or acting in another angry, irritated way. So just like courage allows the fear and still acts, patience allows the difficulty, the irritation, and stays calm. So that means that you're going to be feeling all that yucky emotion, and then you're going to use patience to act in the way you can be proud of after. And that's not going to feel very good in the moment. You all know how good it feels in the moment to react, to snap, to complain. It actually feels like such a good release. It feels better than patience does, but it doesn't really give you the results you want because it strains your relationships with other people and with yourself. So again, I want to give you some scenarios and I want you to put yourself in them and remember when you experienced them in the past and see if you can see what patience felt like. Like standing in a long line and not complaining to the guy next to you. Exercising regularly for a month, not seeing any noticeable changes in your body, and continuing on. Taking your child back to bed for the 10th time with a kiss on the head before you leave. Waiting to get there without whining, like, when are we going to get there? Being stuck on the tarmac at the airport and not joining others and criticizing the whole airline industry. Investing your money and allowing it to be in that investment for a long time up and down, watching all of the fluctuations. Having chronic pain and choosing to see all the good in your circumstances still. Or when your teenager tells you off and you respond in a calm, kind voice. Or when your car breaks down again and you just take a deep breath. Or your child spills an entire jug of milk and again, you just take a deep breath and help her clean it up. A big reason we want to choose patience just like we want to choose courage, is because it puts us in control of ourselves and not at the mercy of our outward circumstances, 
not at the mercy of the feelings that feel so dominant at the time. When we are patient, we actually give ourselves the gift of space between stimulus and response. We buy ourselves time to actually choose how we want to respond or how we want to take care of the current situation. And it also decreases the amount of apologizing we have to do because it decreases the amount of regret we have. Okay, the last emotion that feels bad but can be so good for us is discomfort. So discomfort is when we feel either mentally or physically uncomfortable or uneasy. And in this human world, there is discomfort offered to us every single day. In fact, if there were one of the emotions that we've talked about today that I would encourage you to get really good at feeling and allowing, it would be discomfort. My coach, Brooke Castillo, always says, discomfort is the currency for success. I don't know if she stole that from someone else, but I really like that. And she has always told us that. As humans, we feel very entitled to feel good all the time. And our primitive brains have taught us that we need to avoid pain, seek ease, and seek pleasure. So if something feels uncomfortable, your brain immediately is going to say, something's going wrong here, stop what you're doing, get out of the situation right now. Because discomfort means death to our brains. But the truth is that discomfort is almost always the way to the best things. In fact, courage is just another name for allowing discomfort. Patience is just another name for allowing discomfort. So our willingness to be uncomfortable is going to make all the difference in our lives. Even think about going in for a surgery. Like it's pretty rare to come out of surgery without some kind of discomfort or pain. But so many of us do it anyways because we want the result that comes from the surgery. Or think of the discomfort of exercise. My niece and my brother-in-law CrossFit, they are CrossFitters, and they lift incredible amounts of weights. They climb ropes, they do these big box jumps, and it just totally blows my mind. And they're able to do them because they were, and I guess probably still are, willing to be uncomfortable. They are willing to feel that discomfort to get where they can lift so much more and jump so much higher. Peaking a mountain, like it's an amazing thing to do, but so uncomfortable the entire way up, not just physically, but mentally. I've had times when I wish I could just turn back or just stop, but you can't get to the top without the discomfort. So here's my recent example of discomfort. My son is coming to the end of his basketball season right now, and I have just loved watching him play. Last year, both my boys were on the same team, and it was just so fun to watch them. And I've watched them throughout a lot of years now play ball, and I love it. And I love to cheer. I clap and I holler when someone makes a good shot or a great pass or whatever, steals the ball. And if the crowd gets going on a really good chant, I will join in. Because what I've noticed over time is that a really good chant can actually sway the outcome of the game. When a crowd really gets behind their team and chants together, it brings an energy to the gym that you can feel. And I have seen it literally change the momentum of the game. So I believe wholeheartedly in the power of the chant. And if everyone is chanting, I will chant. But I never want to start the chant until recently. And it's one of the scariest things I have ever done. Anyone outside of me probably thinks that it's just so natural for me and that I love to hear my own voice or something. But the truth is, I just believe so deeply in the power of the chant and the power of cheering that when our team is struggling, I know what I have to do, but I don't want to do it. I feel so uncomfortable because sometimes I've been on my own chanting. So often I like make my little kids chant with me so that I'm not the lone voice in the gym. And the entire time I feel like I want to kind of die 
but I'm just kind of <laughs> driven by this higher purpose. I feel like as fans, we have the responsibility to put the spirit in the gym that the boys may not be able to muster in that moment. And so I embrace the discomfort and I chant. Honestly, just talking about it makes me blush, but I am committed to the chant. I also want to take a moment here to address my people out there who are working on discovering what they desire and striving to awaken more desire within themselves. If you have been in the practice of shoving your desires down and ignoring them, it can be really uncomfortable work to start to watch for them and acknowledge them and then even more uncomfortable to say out loud what you desire and even more uncomfortable than that to act on those desires. If you have a sexual relationship that has been more focused on your partner and now you're striving to show up in that relationship as someone with desires, that's most likely going to feel uncomfortable at first. If you have the desire to let people know you better, even something as simple as suggesting a restaurant to go to can feel so uncomfortable. Feeling desire is one thing. Letting others know about your desires is completely different. It is so vulnerable and it can feel super uncomfortable. But if you can allow the discomfort and still act, you will become more comfortable with your desires and in expressing those desires. Every day you're going to be offered discomfort, especially if you have to do anything new or challenging. But remember that discomfort is the currency for success, and that can be success in a relationship, in your home, in a business, even just in your kitchen, like whatever. If you can lean into the discomfort and do it anyway, you will be more successful. You will also be more confident because you will start to show yourself that negative emotions don't have the power to stop you. You will trust that you can handle anything because no matter what discomfort comes your way, you can allow it and move forward. I hope this has been eye-opening for you a little bit. Like I said before, if you think of an emotion that does you good but feels bad, DM me on Instagram and share it. If you feel like, I want to actually get good at allowing these kind of emotions so that I can move my life in the direction I want to go, please reach out to me. My website, my Instagram, Jamelin Stefan Coaching. Get on there, DM me, make an appointment to meet with me. I would love to help you in this. I hope you have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelinstephancoaching.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Jamelin Stephan Coaching.